Deuteronomy 8. We're in the middle of Moses' great speech. So let's carry on. You shall observe to do all the commands which I command you today, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which Yahweh swore to your fathers. You shall remember all the way which Yahweh your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you, allowed you to be hungry, and fed you with manna, which you didn't know, neither did your fathers know, that he might teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Your clothing didn't grow old on you, neither did your foot swell these 40 years. You shall consider in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so Yahweh your God disciplines you. You shall keep the commandments of Yahweh your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For Yahweh your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of springs, and underground water flowing into valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vine, vines, fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you shall eat bread without scarcity, you shall not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you may dig copper. You shall eat and be full, and you shall bless Yahweh your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware, lest you forget Yahweh your God in not keeping his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes which I command you today, lest, when you have eaten and are full, and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart might be lifted up, and you forget Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with venomous snakes and scorpions, and thirsty ground where there was no water, who poured water for you out of a rock of flint, who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers didn't know, that he might humble you, and that he, pr that he might prove to you to do you good at your latter end, unless you say in your heart, my power and my might of, and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember Yahweh your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant with the swore with your fathers as it is today. It shall be that if you forget Yahweh your God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you today that you shall surely perish. As the nations that Yahweh makes to perish before you, so you shall perish, because you wouldn't listen to Yahweh your God's voice. So Moses is in his speech, and he's reminiscing through the you know of all the things that have happened in these forty years. And um, one of the most notable verses here is where he says that the Lord fed you with manna. You know, first he brought you into this desert, he made you hungry, and then he fed you with manna you know, a food that you didn't know, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And that's a quote that Jesus used in his temptation in Matthew uh, chapter 3 or 4. And Jesus was tempted by the devil. He said, you know, you can turn these stones into bread. <laughs> Jesus knew he could. Jesus is the one who provided that manna for them in the desert. He's the one who sent the bread down. He knew he could make bread out of nothing. 
And Jesus says, you shall not, you know, you shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so Jesus quotes right here, and it's one of the most notable verses. But you can see in it the reminiscing of Moses. As Moses is looking back on all these things and saying to the people, these are the lessons you should learn, that God does provide your needs, but your real need and your real dependence is upon his words. So all of these things were supposed to be lessons to these people. And you notice how he said that Moses said in his speech that the Lord brought you here to test you. And that's what God does. God does it not just to these people, but to everybody. And in your life, the Lord will bring you to places which are hard on purpose to test you. And um, so there'll be times of desert. There'll be times when you don't have enough. There'll be times you have to cry out to him. There might be times you grumble and complain and fail the test and you've got to do it again. The Lord does it. The Lord puts everyone through a difficult process on purpose to test you, but it's so that you can learn to depend on him. Verses 5 and 6 say that the, just as a father disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines those he loves. So when the Lord puts us through tough times, it's a sign of his love. Some people think that God only loves you when things are going well, but the truth is when things don't go well and you're being disciplined, that's a sign of his love. <laughs> we like the other type much better. So for me, the Lord puts us through both. He gives us blessings to encourage us, but he also puts us through difficulties and both of them are his love. The great danger for us is that when life starts getting better, we tend to relax and our heart isn't quite as ferociously seeking after the Lord as what it was before. You know, when, we, when we've got real need, we get on our knees and we cry out to the Lord, we all do it. But when things are going well, there's not much incentive. It's just easier to put on the TV at night and just relax rather than praying or other things that we should be doing. And this is exactly what Moses warns them of in the second half of this chapter. He says, when you come into the land <laughs> and you know your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiplies and you have your belly full and all's going well with you, do not forget the Lord your God. And he, he's not saying that they're going to forget that there's a God who exists and it's going to escape their mind. It's not that. What he's saying is, don't fail to keep following him and being diligent about serving him. And this is what happens. When people's lives are going well, they, it's not that they forget that God exists, it's just that they don't follow him like they did before. They forget to keep up the spiritual disciplines or the spiritual practices and things slip and they don't maintain them. They forget God like that. And he's saying, don't forget. And he's saying in verse 18, you know, when you're providing for all your needs, he says, you might think, look what I have achieved. But he says, don't forget that it is God that gives you the power to get wealth. Now, this verse has been used by prosperity preachers and it's been misquoted out of context all over the place. So preachers will use this verse and they will say, don't forget, God is the one who will give you wealth. And they, they hold it up like a promise that if you believe, God will make you wealthy. Well, that's not really what the verse is saying. What the verse, and, and the Lord does bless some people and make them wealthy. And like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were three people right here in the Bible that were very wealthy because of the Lord's blessing. But that's not what the Lord does for every single person. I mean, look at um, Jeremiah. Uh, or look at Paul. He said he'd, he'd known how to be, he'd been blessed at some times and he had definitely been abased at other times. I mean, it's not the same for everyone. 
But in this verse, what Moses is saying to people is you're going to come into the land. Things are going to go well for you. You're going to become well off. Don't think that you're well off because of you. Just remember you have it because the Lord gave it to you. And it's the same for you. You might have a great job. You might have a great house. You might have gone to college and done seven years of study, or you might have done three. You might have got promoted up the ranks. You might think, man, aren't I a good human being? Look what I've done. I'm the best employee at my workplace. You think about it all in very much as though you're completely responsible for it all. But to quote Moses, he would be saying, don't forget that you wouldn't have all of that except the Lord has given it to you. Don't forget that as God has given you the power to obtain all of these things. So it's not a promise to say, if you seek the Lord, you'll get all these things from God, although God does bless. And, but the thing is, when we get it the right way around, we tend to be blessed. Um, but you've got to get the context right here. And this was actually a warning to people not to take your eyes off the Lord who has blessed you. Later in the Bible, in Daniel chapter 4, there's a story of Nebuchadnezzar who was the king of Babylon. And, you know, he went out on his balcony one day and he said, look at all this land that I have acquired. He says, I've achieved all of this by my own great ability. <laughs> and the next thing, he became a madman. The Lord saw the pride that was in his heart and he turned his mind to mush. And that's what often happens. Pride comes before a fall. And if you think that you've achieved so much because of your own great ability. I'm not saying it's anything bad will happen to you like Nebuchadnezzar in this life, but certainly pride does not position you long-term for the best things. In eternity, if you stand before God having been so proud of all you've achieved but not acknowledging Him, you're in the wrong place in your heart to be standing before Him. So I always look at things, if, if a blessing comes along, I just my attitude is appreciation. I know I didn't deserve it, but Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I didn't deserve that blessing. I didn't deserve that gift. You know, when, when I completed um, my, my double bachelor degree, I remembered I had worked very hard to get that um, over many years. But I remembered saying to the Lord, thank you for helping me with that. Couldn't have done it, especially when I studied Greek. Lord, thank you for getting me through. And everything we do, it requires your full effort but you can't do it without the Lord's help either. And even the sinner, even the ungodly, those who don't acknowledge the Lord, they wouldn't be able to achieve anything in this life except for grace. So Father, I ask that we would remember the words of Moses right here in this chapter. Lord, we've been brought into the land of promise. We're already inheriting so many good things. We live a much better life than these Israelites did all these years ago. Help us, Lord, not to forget the Lord our God in our minds. Help us not to... Assume that we're responsible for the blessings that we have. Father, let our hearts be full of gratitude to you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.